0: Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes. So let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition It is a place where we help you to look better live better and feel better and it is mind body spirit today we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest hello overcover nation i am super excited to have the guest in the house that i have today normally we're talking a little bit about fitness uh but today we're going to talk about financial fitness so for the last several months i've been on a journey under this man's mentorship along with a few others uh, that has to do with looking at your business from a whole new perspective. We're talking about adding real dollars to your business without spending extra dollars on marketing or advertising. So if you are a business owner, if you are an aspiring business owner, if you're somebody that just wants to look at your finances differently and understand that little hinges can swing big doors, this is the man to teach you how to do it. He started a company uh, that is for business coaching. He started a software, heck, he started a community that is all built around just this very concept so malcolm thanks for making time to be on the show ah uh, travis it's my pleasure and thank you for having me my friend oh uh, man you know i've just been loving what you're doing and admiring you know so often when we look at business we wind up uh just looking at maybe just a maybe a big play but it's really just a common play you know we we'll look at like social media and they're just trying to pump up our business but we don't understand that our business is a whole uh, whole strategy here that we need to look at so many other just different components. So, um, Malcolm, how did you wind up doing what you're doing? Uh, can you tell us a little
1: bit about, you know, your history and just where you're at? Oh, well, thanks for asking this. A great question. Uh, I got to this point, Travis, through a lot of failure, uh, right. a lot of trials and error. And you know, growing up, you know, in the slums of Baltimore, you know, uh, on food stamps, right? you learned very early, uh, to get by on very little. But you also learn is tenacity. You learn persistence. You learn how to overcome uh, massive challenges. And so, what's gotten me to this point is never, ever, ever giving up, no matter what the circumstance. And, uh, you know, it, it, the, the, the old saying they say if you don't do it correctly, if, if you fail, you either fail or you learn. And I've done a lot of learning through failing. Wow,
0: that's really interesting. I had no idea about you growing up on food stamps and in the slums of Baltimore. You know, a lot of times, you see successful people and and I think too often we just already assign, okay, well, they're just a successful person and we don't understand where it comes from. So uh a deep appreciation for what it means to come up without and understand what it means to actually have something and now you you help other people to attain that. Uh so how long how many years have you been into the business coaching arena now? Well,
1: you know, I didn't realize that I've been coaching for years. I didn't call it coaching, you know, uh, but Formerly business coaching since 2013, I I walked away from the uh, retail automotive industry. I was one of the most sought after general managers in that space. As you know, people don't like car dealers, uh, but Mm -hmm. they love the dealerships that we worked at. And uh, going back again to my background, right? Overcoming these challenges. You know, what happened, Travis, is not only did we grow up on food stamps, as you know, when you're in that environment, a lot of times you become a product of your environment. So I dropped out of high school in the 10th grade. You know, I, I went to prison for selling drugs. Right. And so, you know, when I finally came out there, guess what? I couldn't get a job. So here was my choices. Create something for myself or go back to the streets. And so what I chose to do was go on a path where I was going to create. And it was my own doing. Right. But I was going to create a path for myself and never waver because the fact that I'm alive, I said, hey, there must be some purpose for me out here. And, and that's what I've been living by ever since. Until I take my last breath, I'm going to continue to overcome
0: you know you ask certain people to be on the show because they have something special to share and i'm always uh surprised at some of the other details that i learned uh the overcomers podcast sponsored by journey 333 our franchise was just started by a guy that took away our journey early on with his fitness career you know and we wound up starting journey after a decade of incarceration for a non-violent drug crime you know i was on the wrong path and uh then I got on the right one, the one that you know God had a plan for me to really be doing. So uh uh that's just awesome to have you on here and and be sharing what you're sharing today.
1: Um when did the idea of Pro Global begin in your mind? Well, the idea of Pro Global happened uh you know when I walked away from the uh, retail automobile autom- autom- automobile space, right? I-, I literally walked away because I, you know, making decent money, I thought money was going to be the thing that was going to give me fulfillment you know what it did? I was working 60, 70 hours a week. I had no time to spend with my wife. I'd had no time for my children. So it almost cost me my family. And so what I did is I said, I'm going to take a deep study of business. So I got into the franchise space and I realized that, wait a minute, there's thousands of franchises and there's people going out here using their hard-earned money, their life savings to buy into these businesses. And they had no clue what to do. So I started being a franchise consultant. And I learned a lot about business. And, and even though people had a roadmap, Travis, they were still failing. And people were still getting into the wrong concepts. So what I've discovered was that most people, when they go into business, there's a life they're going after, right? But most of them never achieved it because what they were doing is they were changing their life, working all these hours to, to you know, for the business versus intentionally creating a business that would serve them and give them the life that they want. And so by me seeing this, I said, you know what, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my business years and the rest of my time to really helping these families who have the courage to go out here and innovate, open up a business, which as you know, affects our economy. This this is where the innovators and stuff happen. I said, I'm going to do everything in my power to help these amazing people understand business and how they can leverage their business to get the life that they really want. And that's where Pro Global came.
0: That is so good. You know, Malcolm, you and I are on a, again, a similar, a similar wavelength because as a franchisor, somebody's entrusting me with my business model to make them successful. And the thing that interests me, you know, Pam and Scott Libet, so shout out to them. They introduced me to you and your company. Uh, But I was like, wow, there's a lot more to coaching a franchisee to be successful than what I've currently been using. Uh, you know, there, I mean, there's just countless strategies that, you know, we've all discussed over the last several months that I've been introduced to you that I'm like, I'm going to be a better franchisor with these strategies because you're right. A lot of people get into business. In fact, I asked a commercial lender this one time. I said, why do you think there's so many restaurants and gyms fail? And I really wanted to focus on restaurants because at the time I was looking for a loan for my gym, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to talk too much about gym, but she said, well, that's because everybody that can fry an egg thinks that they should start a restaurant. And I, it hit me that you know everybody that's passionate about working out or fitness thinks that they should have a gym, but we get into these businesses because maybe we love the concept or, or we're passionate about what it, what it is a product or service that the business delivers, but we forget to become passionate about what it means to be a business owner and what it means to learn the strategies that make businesses successful. So uh, you know, you've helped people do that and you help people do that every day. Uh, so I'm really excited as to why you started it. And the reason why you started is the reason why I joined your company to to get the mentorship that I've gotten. So Pro Global, how how has it evolved uh, since your first concept? You know, since your first vision, how's it? Well,
1: you know, I, I was misguided, and you know, I w- I also wanted to have that balance of you know consistent revenue, leverage revenue, and time freedom. So when I first started, um, you know, Travis, I I had what I would call a boutique. Coaching business, and here's what that meant. It meant I would go get a client. I was making enough money, and I wouldn't, you know, I would just have all my time to myself and to my family, and I could pay my bills. And uh, I would go get another client when that one would leave, and I would pay my bills, and you know, I could spend time with my family and did what I want. But about four years ago, uh, my son, he was uh, he was an entrepreneur too, and uh, this kid, man, unlike me, he would tell anybody that would listen about what he did. And um, he was walking down the road, man, and a distracted driver ran him over and killed, right? And what that made me realize was that all this knowledge and information that I had, I was being really selfish, keeping it to myself. And um, that's when I made the decision that I'm no longer gonna be the best kept secret out there and have this boutique, uh, you know, coaching business. And that not only was I gonna do everything in my power to help, you know, the small business owner, but by helping other coaches, we could exponentially expand that impact because Travis, as you know, there's a lot of amazing people out here that are highly skilled in whatever they do, but they have a glorified job because no one taught them the basics of running a successful business. I was that guy. And because again, my son, if he had one hour left, he would, he would have, He would have taken his last breath telling somebody about what he did for business. And I said, from this point forward, I'm going to do everything in my power till I take my last breath to make sure I make the impact and make sure the business owners has the tools, the resources, and the community where they can really thrive and get what they want. That's the reason why.
0: Well, my friend, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Again, uh, another thing that I I just didn't know about you, and I'm I'm very sorry for your loss, uh, but I'm also uh, just so amazed at at how you've taken that and honored your son. Uh, that that's amazing. So, um, again, yeah, very, very sorry. That's, that's tragic. And what you've done with it is amazing and, and quite a tribute. Uh, so thank you for being you. I I'd like to ask you, uh, when it comes to adversity the adversity of loss, the adversity of growing up with food stamps, the adversity of incarceration. Um, how do you feel that adversity has shaped your life? And I, and I know that there's an appreciation for money and I know that there's a desire to honor your son with your work and mm-hmm. make sure that it's uh, you know being done for you and for him. However, there's more. Uh, I, there's probably so many lessons that you're like, okay, you know, the, I, I've taken this and, and I've made it that. And not everybody looks at life that way. So I really need to to turn this podcast to a person that's in front of me that has faced so much adversity and gained some lessons from it and see what you'd share.
1: Well, you know, uh, I believe that overcomers are heroes. I believe, you know, that every time you get knocked down and you get back up, that pseudo armor gets a little bit stronger and your faith also gets stronger too. And so I know that every time that some people go down, they never get back up. Every time that I wake up Travis and then jump out of the bed, it can't get any better than that. I don't have bad days. I have bad moments. Sometimes I'll start my day over 50 times, right? (laughs) But, But the key is though, I got a shot today. If I'm breathing and I'm walking and I'm healthy, my health is my wealth. These lessons that I learned from failing, you pick yourself back up and you're that much stronger. And then when you find that measure of success, all of a sudden you start looking back, Travis, you see how far you've come, how many people's lives you impact, and you don't want anything back from them in return. I think it's an honor. And, And the thing is, I also know that nothing is put on me more than what I can handle. And so why not me? Why not be the example of what can be, right? And and that's the way I choose to live my life is I'm not a victim. We make choices. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes things happen beyond our control. And then what we can do is make a decision. Can I control it and change it? Or can I not? If I can't control that, I let it go. If I can do something different, I must. I must stand up, use the fact that I'm breathing and have an opportunity and move forward, because as they say, if I'm driving looking in the rearview mirror, what's going to happen? I'ma crash. Yeah, so I'm, keep looking forward, learn the lessons, and and do as much as we can to continue to get better.
0: Victor, not a victim, uh, and to say that with all that you've been through, you know, I I had a cousin once who had to go through an amazing amount of brain surgery. He's close to thirty, and I asked him, I said, how do you each time, you know, find the strength that nurse yourself back to the best health you can be in. And he said, no matter how bad you got it, someone's got it worse. And with the adversities that you shared, when you can say that to our audience, to our listeners, uh, being a victor, not a victim, I, I think that that's very inspiring. So let me ask you, you mentioned the word faith. How important has your faith been when it comes to overcoming incarceration, finding a new path, when it comes to dealing with what you've
1: dealt with with loss? How important has your faith been in that? It's been the number one driver, Travis. Uh, listen, I'm, if if Malcolm Reed puts his thoughts and mess in it, I'm going to mess it all up. <laughs> and, and I've learned that the hard way, as I told you. Some of the decisions I've made, I've I've made you know some tough. I've made some bad decisions. I've made some good decisions, and it's the faith. It, that's that's the most important thing. It starts there, and then everything else happens from there. Because some things I don't understand. Sometimes I don't know why this is happening, you know, and, you know, we, we can question uh, different things that happen. Yet, my faith is unwavering, It's unwavering, because I know somehow, some way, and it's been proven to me too many times, you know, over the, over the multiple decades I've been alive, that that's where my strength comes from. And that's, that's absolutely where we have, well, at least for me, uh, it's the number one priority for me. It's my faith. It's awesome.
0: You know there's a great quote that says the depth of your struggle will determine the height of your success you know you're a man that has endured many struggles uh including growing up uh, from a very early age right food stamps and you know here you are in the slums of baltimore and, and then you know one thing after another and now you're a very success driven individual do you feel that you've harnessed all the adversity and let it give you strength or you know how would you say like what was the what was the thing that switched Malcolm from being being lost to being found, you know, <laughs> really? And then you're in the fire so many with your habits
1: and practices, you know? Oh, man, I tell you, you know, I was, uh, I was working in a car dealership. I was finance manager, right? This was my dream job. Got a car. I was making six figures. And, uh, you know, even after I had, you know, been to prison and all that stuff, my mentality was still on the streets. I still had a street mentality. Although I wasn't on the streets, and so you know, I still was, you know, have to have my vices—still drinking, smoking weed, all that that stuff—and so I'm driving home from work. We would go out to the bar every day after work, and man, I was trashed in the company car. And I'm I'm, I'm at the traffic light, and the next thing I know, I see the lights all around me. So wait a minute. Now, I didn't tell you this part. I stopped at the liquor store and bought uh, you know, like a. Twenty-two ounce of uh, beer, I had it in my lap. So when I woke up, the beer was gone, my keys were gone, and there were six police officers all around. me. Oh no! And in Maryland they had this thing called a three-time loser. You get three felonies, you go to prison ten years, no parole minimum. So I was done. And by the way, uh, I didn't tell you this part. You know, I was the guy who supplied the drugs at the dealership. So I had a, a I had a bunch of drugs in a backpack behind my passenger seat, and um, the guy didn't show up to pick him up from work. So I'm drunk, I'm high. I fall asleep at the traffic light. It had changed five times. Mm-hmm. Police officer comes to the window and says, where's your uh, license and registration? I couldn't talk. I was so wasted. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I see two more police cars come. One said supervisor. I said, uh-oh, I'm going to prison now. I called my girlfriend at the time. The guy mm-hmm. comes to the window, bangs on the window says, where's your license and registration? And I said, on the tag. He said, you work for the dealership? I gave him my business card. It said finance manager. Do you have any kids? you married? He cursed me out. And he said, Pedro, follow Mr. Reed home and make sure he gets there safe. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. that day, I knew that I had to do something different and that there was... Someone higher than me watching and looking over me. And that's the day when I began to start changing and doing the things that, that, you know, on this path that I'm on. now.
0: Yeah, that's like a divine intervention. I mean, you could have been incarcerated for 10 years, but instead it was like somebody giving you just that one last chance to say, hey, you're gonna get this right or
1: what? That's amazing. That day shook me. Yeah i've never looked back so you know travis i make it a point to never judge anyone i've been given chance after chance after chance after chance that i don't deserve i've made myself available to others uh, in any capacity that i can help them because i know that so many people are suffering with all kinds of challenges all kinds of challenges and what we do is we put on a mask and no one knows we show up as if though everything is is wonderful and i want to be that person where it's safe for people to be able to come and they can openly share what they're dealing with and not isolate and as business owners we have a safe place to come where we can get the right resources and tools to really make the impact we want by not only growing our businesses better but by helping others to be not just better business owners but better people and better human beings and have a better society that's what drives me man.
0: yeah uh, you know when you mentioned that about everyone you know has some kind of struggle it's uh it's not very often that I put on clothing that says something, but lately I've uh found this be kind shirt and it says right on the back that everyone is uh battling or everyone is having some kind of battle that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Uh this podcast that we're doing uh has actually shown me that. Because I, I see Malcolm on the calls, it's inspiring everybody and giving us practices and Malcolm's fired up and all these kind of things. We have no idea what somebody's had to go through to get to where they're at, yeah. you know. I, I once heard a John Maxwell talk, and John Maxwell is a great leader with a lot of great leadership lessons, but, uh, there was a kid that was watching him on stage and came up afterwards, you don't really think I'd like to do what you do. I'd like to speak like you do and get paid for it. This is what you'd like to do what I've done or what I'm doing, but would you like to go where I've been, you know, because uh, you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot, my friend. So pro global, pro global, you know, the idea and, uh, 2013 and you know it's gone from boutique to uh having a community
1: yes. uh let's let's talk a little bit about that yeah we, we get the privilege travis of uh, helping to support you know the the business coaches business advisors the consultants that are actually you know helping the business owner or these families as i like to refer to them these are families these are people they're not numbers right to, to be able to, to support that and, again, help these families really take this asset that they're putting their everything into and, and make that real and grow that in a, in a safe environment, this, there's nothing like it. And I said to myself, if I ever was in a position where I could, uh, you know, have some type of influence over, uh, you know, helping others, I wanted it to be open and, and genuine and a place that people that have morals and values that are highly ethical and authentic people can come and they can have a place where they can just breathe, get the support that they need so they can go out there and make the impact. And that's what that's what we do every single day. And, and the thing about it is, it's hard. Running a business is not easy. You know, people, they, they, they look at all the glory and the glitter about, you know, people only tell you, show you like the, you know, the, what they want you to see, right? Mm-hmm. I want the behind the scenes to be a place that's welcoming also. And that's what our community is all about. And that's, that's one of the reasons why you know, I'm so determined uh, to, as you say, I come on, I'm fired up. That's the best part of my day when I get to interact with others uh, who are just like me or just like you. Uh, it's an it's it's a it's like a place of solace that we can come and really walk away from, you know, taking away things that can make an impact for real and and not just be a bunch of fluff.
0: You know, I think one of the uh, business books that uh, born into me the idea of being a systems guy that later became a franchisor was the E Myth. There's this uh, entrepreneurial myth, you know, you're talking about that people see, oh, yeah, you know, I like to bake cookies. I think I'll have a cookie bakery. And then all of a sudden, you know, every day starts at 3 a.m. And every night, you know, is ending late and only to do it all over again and just be physically exhausted and feel like they can't get ahead. And like what you said earlier on this episode, having a glorified job. And what the the story is in, in that book, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber is, just simply that you need systems to run a business that uh it's not the people that should be running the business if it's people dependent it's eventually going to fail because what happens on the day that you can't make the cookies right you know is there somebody else that can step in and run those recipes and I think that you've attracted a lot of very intelligent and successful people into your community that want to learn from you I know that there's people that are uh have been lawyers or accountants or whatever and they either want to add this to their business or do this instead. And it's because you're giving systematic strategies that can be put into any business to help these business owners successful. So again, overcomer Nation, if you want to either have a business, if you currently do have a business, or let's just say that you're looking to add something to your current career, this is what we're talking about right here, where you can help people not live that exhausted life of having that glorified job and being unsuccessful the thing that they're most passionate about in life you know it's great to have a cookie business as long as you don't have to work at 24 7 just for the doors to be open you know uh so yeah like you've attracted different people into your community when did you decide at what point that you were going to need to multiply yourself and, and do something like that
1: yeah when i when I ran up against that same thing. You know, When you know, everyone understands the wage mentality. If I put in this many hours in exchange for this per hour, that's what it's going to be. Well, there's only a certain number of hours in a day, right? It's when I started understanding, you know, through different mentors that the, the profit mentality is that, hey, you have a widget or a service, right? It has a cost and then you sell it above cost. And then in between is the profit. So if I can just simply create the right systems, and by the way, there's only three systems that are really important in your business, but you create those three systems and then you you put people inside of the system and hold them accountable for each stage of the process. Well, there's my cost. You add the person, there's still your cost, but then there's the profit. That means I can duplicate that over and over and over and over and over again using leverage versus labor. So that's the key, right? And here's the three systems. You must have a marketing system. What is that? Well, that's how you let the world know that your widget or your service solves their problem. They got to know that you exist. That's the first system, right? The second system is now that they know it exists, they have to go from someone who now knows you exist to a paying customer. So you have to have that sales system, right? The third system is now that they're your customer, you have to fulfill on what you promised. So you have to have your operations or fulfillment system as well. And so having those three systems dialed in, And then measure those results right you have to measure and improve that's how you systematically have a a business that's system dependent versus owner dependent because you can put someone in the system hold them accountable for the outcomes versus you doing all the labor inside of the system and that's the difference from the job and the executive people run the system systems run the business I'm
0: glad that you shared that with our audience, because I'm sure everyone's ears perked up when you said, and there's really only three systems, and everybody's like, oh, I want to know what, three. Let me ask you this. Is there a most important
1: system when it comes to marketing? Well, marketing is the system. Now, what's important is not to be a commodity, because what most people do is they duplicate what someone else did. So, you know, you have um, someone saying in, in the fitness industry. Everyone has a fitness business. Well, how do you separate yourself from all the other fitness people and not be commoditized? Because when you're a commodity, what happens? It drives down the prices because everyone's the same. And so th- so the key to the marketing is how do I create a position of market dominance where the problem that my audience already has, right, that I can communicate with them in a way that I can show them that I solve that problem Completely different than others, but in a language that they understand. Because remember, you can't force your your product or service down the throat of a market. You just can't do that. What you can do is understand what the problem that they have that they don't want, the, the solution they're looking for and they can't find, and then articulate that in your marketing in a way that attracts them to you. And then that's a system as well. We call it the conversion formula. It's really four steps to that, uh, where first of all, you have to attract them, right? Through the, it's the problem they have they don't want the solution they're looking for they can't find that's the headline subheadline you have to educate them hey based on evidence that I'm what my you know solution is far superior to anyone else and then you make them a compelling offer not a sale an offer so compelling they can't say no and that kind of is what starts the journey but it's it's attraction and then even understanding that there's a buyer's journey everyone is not buying today and that's a big mistake That most small businesses make they don't recognize that only one to three percent of your market is ready to buy 97 to 99 percent is on that journey getting information to buy so the person that understands the problem can articulate it separate themselves and strategically plant the right information along the journey that's relevant for where the person is not only will they get the in-market buyers but they'll also get all those people that are on that journey as well. And here's the final piece. Here's why people hate sales. The consumers hate it, and so do the do the the vendors. It's because most people are selling to everybody like they're the one to three percent in the market. And it's a turnoff for a person that's seeking information. Mm, that's very good. You know, you
0: mentioned the term MDP, and I didn't want to gloss over that. I wanted our audience to have, could you give us a couple examples of companies with market dominating positions just so that they really understand like how a company might take themselves and and differentiate themselves with uh, with an mdp
1: yeah so a, a pmd a position of market dominance is exactly that so take for example say a daycare right think about what are some of the important things to parents who are going to put their kid in a daycare center do they want their kids watching tv all day and watching cartoons Do they want to, you know, be worried about if, if their children are safe or think about this? What if uh, you had a daycare who said, Hey, instead of your children watching Barney all day, that we're going to guarantee that they'll be reading at a second grade level before they enter kindergarten. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's the daycare that I want. Okay. Or take, for example, a dentist, for example, right? Most people stick with their dentist forever, but most people don't go to the dentist because they don't have dental insurance. So say if there was a dentist who decided to offer dental services at the normal copay prices, right? So that all those people who don't have dental insurance they go get the teeth cleanings, and and it's marketed to them as the de- they don't have to have insurance, but they're only going to pay what they would normally pay for a copay, twenty bucks or whatever. Now here's the, why why would a dentist do that? Well, because most of their money is made on like you know extractions or surgeries or whatever, and most insurances only cover a small percentage anyway. So the 20 bucks that they charge for the copay covers their cost, but then the upsells that they have, you know, to their more, you know, profitable services allows them to be profitable, even with those people who don't have dental insurance. And so position of market dominance. I'm not just a dentist. I specialize in working with those people who don't have insurance at the, at the low cost of the copay.
0: And that's how you keep yourself from being a commodity. That's just like every other service or, uh, product that's out there on the market, depending on what type of business we're talking about. Good. And that buyer's journey, I think so often we think that because somebody's raised their hand and expressed interest that it's time to sell. And then many people, when they don't get the sale, that's it. They don't follow up. So, uh, it sounds like what you're describing there, you know, planning information along the way at the right time is just continuing to provide value to the customer that's gonna buy later. Uh, I think a lot of business owners miss that and then you know the fortunes in the follow-up, right? To just continue to be in front of people with that.
1: You yeah, Here's the thing, Travis, those things don't cost money. See, see a lot of people are they, they want to do what they see. They want to go spend money on social media, they want to do all these things that aren't really in line with the way customers buy. And so it doesn't cost money to create an email sequence. That just follows each step of the journey that the person is on with the right information that's relevant and here's what studies have shown too that you know back in the 80s it took between 5 and 12 points of contact before a person would actually make a decision with all the noise now think about all the marketing channels social media billboard the bus tv radio it's on your cell phone everywhere it's now up to over 100 points of contact before someone makes a decision so you have to be able to cut through all the noise and speak directly as if though you're talking to that person. And then to your point, you follow up automatically while they're on that journey. And who do you think they're going to buy from when the time comes to make the decision? Which you, because you're the one that, again, followed that conversion formula, right? You, you, you hit those four points. You attracted them because you, you're talking to them about the problem they have. They don't want the problem. You're talking to them about the solution that they can't find. You educated them that you and you alone can solve this problem. And then you gave them something of value, for free. And then you followed up in a non-salesy way. They didn't just raise their hand. What they're going to do is when the time comes to pick who they're going to do business with, they feel like they kind of know, like, and trust you because you're the one that gave that information to them. It just completely sets you apart. And here's the thing. No one does it at least they don't do it. You know, most people don't do it. I'll say that. And they don't do it the right way.
0: You know, this is so good. I think that when you first mentioned marketing, a lot of people's mind just went to your typical type of advertisement. You know, nowadays it's social media. You might've been thinking of a Facebook ad or, or something that you can do through Instagram or LinkedIn or whatnot. However, there's a ton of strategies that you can utilize in your business that are no cost strategies where you don't have to spend an extra dollar on marketing or advertising as you were just describing an email campaign. How many different strategies do you help people to implement in their business uh, when it comes to treating their business as a whole and, and going through those three systems that you mentioned
1: earlier? Man, there's, there's hundreds of strategies. It just starts with one. Most of us overcomplicate simplicity. Simplicity is difficult for a lot of people because we overanalyze. It seems too simple. So step one is let's let's. Most people, Travis, they don't have a marketing problem. They have a messaging problem. And so once they dial in the message, and you get one, I call it a distribution method, one channel that you're connecting with your audience. First, master that and prove that up. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get that method. Remember, I was saying earlier, you want to track and measure your results. Well, you don't necessarily have to double down on what you're doing to increase the output. You just tweak each step and improve each step of the journey. And then that exponentially grows the output. Uh, So it's just, it's about innovation, understanding clearly who your audience is. And then really, you know, again, following that buyer's journey, the conversion formula and dialing in your messaging so that you have a position of market dominance, along with a couple of other strategies, you really only need a, a few strategies and it can really really double or triple uh, what a business is doing without them having to increase ads. St- uh, and
0: you know what I really like as well Malcolm about what you've created is I have had business mentors in the past and it it almost seems a little bit like high in the sky or or you know you get together and, and there's a big fee associated with this. This can be a, a huge investment. And so we have this conversation and, and yes, it's a good conversation, maybe even an inspiring conversation, but when the conversation's over, I'm left to figure out the action steps, right? I got to figure this out. I'm like, okay, so, you know, that was good, but now what do I do with some of these ideas that have been generated? You've created a, a software to where each strategy has action steps that the coach can give to the client and that the client can go and do. And then ask the coach to verify that they're done. Uh, I think that this is just
1: a much better form of coaching. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you're doing with all that with the software? Yeah, you know, remember I was a coach first and I am a coach, I am a business coach. And so remember, I told you I failed a lot. And what I did is as I started figuring things out, I started documenting each thing that we did. And I I figured out too, Travis, I wasn't the only one that was really struggling, uh, you know, to be consistent. And so, what we chose to do is we built the world's only enterprise application software. It's built by business coaches specifically for business coaches, so that they don't have to have thirty different pieces of software. It runs their entire business and the business of their clients. So, to your point, we don't. A business coach wants to coach and get help the business owner get results, not be the CEO or the chief everything officer, being the marketer, being the sales guy, being, you know, all these things. So, what we did is we, we built out all the systems that the coach would need is in the software. And then when it comes time to, from, from marketing <laughs> to the sales and then to fulfillment. So your point you're talking about is fulfillment. There's 22 strategies that absolutely will work and no matter what the business is. Then there's also a compounding effect. As you know about compounding interests, What well, we're talking compounding strategies gives you the same type of exponential compounding growth. But without the business coach or the business owner having to do a bunch of thinking, you know, if you think about all the strategies, you know, and you having to learn all the different strategies that are possible out there in marketing it would be impossible. So what we've done is we've gotten the best of the best to actually step by step. So let's say if it's a position to market dominance, like we were talking about, and you want to implement that into your business or coaches implementing that into a, a, another business, it's laid out step one, do this step two, do this, do And it's all just paint by numbers. So the business owner can learn from the instructional videos, there's workbooks, and then with their coach inside of their coaching portal, literally just read what it says, and it will implement that strategy and get the result. And then with the assessment, by the way, even before we ever get to the implementation, we're able to show a business owner, and we use very conservative numbers, where they can, the actual numbers that they can generate in their business by implementing these strategies by simply just asking them a few questions and getting their input. We can actually show them uh, an ROI attached to working with the business coach far before the business coach ever even discusses doing business with them.
0: Yes, So glad that you covered that. That's another thing that I love about your software is that, you know, you're I'm a goal setter. I'm a fitness coach first, right? So I'm somebody that loves to say, okay, you know, in 30 days, you know, you could lose X number of pounds and and this is how we're going to do it. Here's your macros, here's your workouts, you know, or even in six months, you know, what are we going to accomplish or what's life going to look like next year? And what I've seen you do with your software is every strategy has a value. And you've taught all the coaches to be super conservative with those estimates. You know, maybe the the client is saying, oh man, that'll impact my business twenty percent. And you'll say, Well, you know, let me we'll do three or five percent so that it's a very reliable number. But before you know it, you've taken somebody's business. As I introduced you on the podcast, you've taken these little hinges that swing big doors. You've taken these small, easy to implement strategies and added a hundred thousand dollars or more to someone's business, and now you have a roadmap to where we can go after these strategies and action steps to do it. I I just love what you've created there. It's
1: fantastic. Go ahead. I'm sorry, you think about the position of market dominance. So as a business coach that's in our community, there's no other business coach that has those tools and resources all in one place. So think about the business owner on the other end that's experiencing a conversation with that business coach versus just some guy who says, I'm a business coach, right? Uh it's night and day because they can clearly see one, you're professional, you're organized, you're systematic, and it's step by step. And because as you say that we got very conservative, it's real. It's not these pie in the sky, you know, numbers. They can actually see this money in their bank account, in their business, and the steps are laid out for them.
0: Yes, I think uh that even some of the best of business coaches that come upon a great idea with a client and say, yep, yeah, we've discussed things and I can see, you know, where your weaknesses are at. And, you know, here you go. This is this is something that you should go and do in your business. If you ask that business coach for strategies or steps, you know, to accomplish it, you're not gonna usually get them, you know? Well, you know, you don't have to figure out the steps, but this is really gonna work for you. With your software and with what you've designed, there's specific action steps for each strategy. So I think it's really awesome. Let me ask you, if I'm listening to this, podcast and I'm thinking, you know, that sounds like something for me. I, I would love to be a business coach with a software where I could help people and I could actually show them what they were going to accomplish in their business and then take them through the steps and get paid to do it. Who do you think this is for? People that, who who gets involved in pro-global or who should get involved
1: in pro-global? You know, if, if you are someone that, first of all, business owners, obviously all of us, you know, have you know we want to grow our businesses, but the more importantly, we want to leverage our businesses so we can spend you know, that time with our loved ones creating memories. So I, I believe that all business owners should have a coach. I, I truly believe that I have I have multiple coaches. But who gets involved typically in our system as partners are either business coaches, consultants, advisors, and those people who have service-based businesses that are serving businesses, like an accountant. How can you see a family break up and, and just do the numbers and do nothing where you can instead of just showing them numbers you can actually help them turn their business around and grow it. Attorneys who are business attorneys, same thing. bookkeepers, uh, marketers. it's huge. the marketers are going out there and doing marketing. that's only affecting one piece of the business. you know why not help the entire business grow and really help that business owner get a solid footing from a holistic approach? Uh, so we typically find that those are the type of, you know, businesses, uh, you know, service based businesses that service other businesses do extremely well because either they're going to, uh, you know, be the coach and that's what they do for a business, or they're going to add a consulting division to what they already do, which is a natural thing for them uh, to not only help them have a position of market dominance. Think about it. A, a holistic approach for a CPA. Not only do I do your numbers, but I grow your business. That's a position of market dominance. So those are the type of, well, I say it's really a no brainer for them to offer these type of services. They win and then their clients win. That's great, that's great. Let me ask you this,
0: uh, on a personal note, I consider you to be somebody that's very inspirational. I, I see that you're very driven. I, I've seen you accomplish things and I'm great to be part of what you're accomplishing with your community.
1: What are your best practices? They keep you fired up and on track. Well, the first thing I do, you know, people think I may be crazy is every morning I have a coaching session Um, and it's me. On one side, I'm the coach that's being paid $100,000 a year to coach me. And so I ask myself three questions in the morning. And then on the other side, I am the client being coached by a $100,000 a year coach. So I hold myself accountable because I've invested a hundred grand with this person to help coach me. And uh, some of the questions I asked myself as I look through my previous day and uh, the first thing I asked myself is how many people did you impact uh, yesterday in a positive way? And then I asked myself, the next question is, well, for those that you didn't impact, what happened? Why didn't you do that? And I dig deep into these questions, by the way. And then I set my intention for that day, okay, today, who, how many people are you gonna impact today and then why? And I dig into that and that and at the end of the day, I do the same exercise as well and uh, what it does it keeps me really really grounded and focused on it keeps my motives in check uh it keeps me focused on the right things and doing the right things in the right order and here's here's the thing travis i don't do it perfectly uh it is a constant work in progress because some days i just don't feel like it like i did the previous day some days i don't wake up as fired up as i was the night before you know um you know we deal with life life has so many challenges right but the one thing I do, going back to what we talked about earlier, is my faith. I know that when I wake up and when I get out of bed, I have a massive opportunity to, you know, to do something strong and empowering that day. And when I go to bed, exhausted is a good exhaustion versus that, you know, that other exhaustion when you're beat down from not accomplishing what you want to accomplish. Do I accomplish it all every day? No. Do I do everything every day that I want to? No. I do follow a machine learning though it's like when i'm finding myself getting off track i really dig into what happened why it went that way and what can i do to course correct and, and i find that to be very very helpful and i have coaches and mentors that i go to that can they can see what i can't they've been places i haven't it. uh it's very humbling you know just when you start you know you don't realize that sometimes you can get a little above yourself <laughs> and, and they're very humbling for someone to really help you see that there's so much room for growth and opportunity. And so those are the things that I do.
0: Good coach helps you to see the things that you need to see so you can be the person you always wanted to be, right? And it's good to have good coaches in our lives. And I love that you coach yourself. We forget to put ourselves on our schedule. You know, sometimes I wonder, hey, what went wrong with my day? Well, I forgot to start my day with me. You know, I started with (laughs) texts and emails and and that got me into the wrong headspace. And I'm like, why am I feeling so sour today? Well, you know, if you would have woke up this morning maybe had a little you time, you know, a little coach me up time, then I would have been in a better space. So that's really awesome. That's a great bet, uh, best practice
1: to share. What will be Malcolm Reed's legacy? You know, um, I believe others will define that. And uh, I remember one time I was, I uh, had one of my mentors had me write my obituary. And what he said is write your obituary. And then the next day after I wrote it, the assignment was write your obituary and what would others really say? And that was a little difficult because what I thought my legacy would be and what others may say, it was completely different. I believe that others will say that Malcolm, until his last breath, he gave everything he had selflessly to make an impact on others by being brutally open and vulnerable, standing in uh, all the mistakes that he's made and tirelessly working to improve so that, you know, he could be someone that others could relate to. He was non judgmental, and, uh, well, he loved, 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 loved his family and would do anything in the world for them as well as the others in his community. That's a great legacy right there. That's a great legacy.
0: You've been so inspirational and so motivational for our audience. Uh, there's so many great gems that you've shared tonight. There's a ton of value. Is there any anything else that you'd like to share?
1: You know, we we all have a uh, expiration date. Time is our biggest commodity. Mm-hmm. Use it wisely. No matter what we do, success is not a, uh, it's a journey. It, it's not just oh, a lava ride. Um, Whatever level you reach, there's a next. There's a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. So as we continue to grow, you know, there's new opportunities because we're chasing perfection. So no matter what our best is, there's a next that's above that. Love on your family while you can. Tell the people that are around you that you love them while you have the opportunity. Uh, Continue to push forward no, no matter how difficult it gets. And only surround yourself with people who are like you meaning they have morals values they're highly ethical and they're authentic and when you do that your community will hold you accountable to greatness
0: that's awesome that's a great share right there and if people want to get
1: more of you or connect with pro global how do they do it yeah you can email is uh info at pro and um and just shoot me an email uh and you know we're not really big on a lot of hype and fluff. You won't see a whole bunch of social media and flash and glitz with Pro Global. Uh, we're just people. We're regular people out here that's just making our impact. If anyone ever wants to have a conversation, have questions or whatever, you email me and I'll show you that we'll get back.
0: to All right, we'll put that email in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on here today, Malcolm.
1: Travis, I really, really appreciate you having
0: me on, my friend, it was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for sharing so much with our audience. I really appreciate you being on.